Greetings and welcome to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We are studying Sefer Eov together and we are currently studying Parak Chaf Aleph, chapter 21, Eov's response, which will end the second round of uh, the dialogue. Uh, and again, the topic is the success or the happiness of the Rishayim, of the wicked ones. Uh, the, and the last, uh, piece so far suggested that the wicked ones suffer terrible fate. Vayaniov Vayomar, Yov's response, which is, uh, has an interesting structure to it, which we'll comment on further on, goes as follows. Shimu Shamwa Milati, hear my words, Uti Zotanchumotechem. And let this be your comfort, uh, which is an odd word to use. Sauni Vanuchi Adaber, bear with me and let me speak. And then afterwards you can make fun of me, which is, he's accustomed to them, uh, belittling his words. Uh, and then, uh, in, in, continuing in his introduction, Am I talking about man? I'm talking about God. And therefore, why is it, why would you expect me not to be short of breath? Meaning, not to be frustrated in speaking the way I am. I'm speaking about God. Uh, and I expect pure justice here. Penu live hoshamu. Turn to me and be shaken. Besimu yad alpen. You'll put your hand on your mouth, like somebody who's so shocked by what they hear that they have no response. And by the way, v'im zachart When I remember it, I get shaken. Va'achaz b'sari palatzut, and my whole my whole flesh becomes filled with uh, with shaking and uh, and and with and with racked with uh, with nerves. Um, this is now his, his introduction. He's saying what he's going to say is very shocking to them and even to himself. And here we go. So the next ten psukim describe the success of the Rishayim. Madua Rishayim Yechiu. Why do the wicked even live? Atku gam gavru chayil. Plus they lift up and they become very powerful in their wealth. Zaram nachon Their children are doing very well in front of them. And their offspring, they get to see their offspring. So it isn't true that they suffer in their life or their children suffer. And their houses are at peace from any fear. God's rod is not over them. Now to their possessions. Their oxen give, become pregnant and don't lose the child. The cow becomes pregnant, does not miscarry, as the ox impregnates properly and the and the cow gives birth and does not miscarry. They're, uh, they send their young out like a sheep, and then the children are dancing. These are the young calves. And that's as their, so first their life, their children's life, their possessions, and then their own happiness. They dance around as if they have the different instruments, the timbrel and the lyre, and they rejoice to the sound of the ugav, another stringed instrument. Yivalu, now this is a play on Yuval, who's mentioned in Breshit as Koltofes Kinov Ugav. Yivalu Vatov Yimehem. They spend their lives in, in goodness. Uvarega Shol Yechatu. And only at one moment suddenly, they are afraid of the grave. In other words, death takes them at one instant. They don't spend their lives in trepidation, as you suggested, about death. And by the way, they tell God, leave me alone. 
We don't we, we want to know your ways. In other words, the way Eov is describing the Rasha is somebody who is frontally assaulting God and pushing God out of his life and still doing well. And they say, what, who is God that we should worship him? What will we gain by praying to him? They don't realize that their goodness is not coming from their own hands. And and Eov ends this first ten psukim, which are elegantly uh, constructed, with the first seven describing the success of the Rishayim, and the last three about their attitude, with the final one, which he expresses his own attitude. Atzat Rishayim many. I don't believe this. I'm not subscribing to this idea that it's their own success. They didn't make their own success, but they reject God. And now in the next, he describes the response to their claims, the other folks' claims, that the Rishayim suffer and are full of paranoia and defeat, by telling stories. How often do you actually hear the candle of the Rishayim going out? Yes, it happens once in a while. And their day of reckoning comes. It doesn't happen that often. When God gives out their, 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 their fate, uh, in his anger, in meaning punishing them. Yes, some of them are like straw in front of wind, like you described. Or like shaft, which has been taken by the storm. Yes, it happens. But how often? God will keep his, his, uh, his wealth for the sons. And he pays it and he knows. We're not exactly sure what Kido here is, but his eyes see it. Kido might be a form of Kado, that his eyes see the the flask of God's anger, the wine, the hot wine that's described in the Vim. And he drinks from God's anger. But how often does this happen? And by the way, you're pointing out that after he dies his children will have to pay his debt and his children will suffer. But what does he care about what happens afterwards? When his, when his, um, what does he care about what's happened in his house afterwards? Or that his months are cut in half? Is anybody going to teach this to God? God is judging from above. Now we go into pure Kohelet mode. One guy dies in the middle of being an innocent person, Kulo Shalanan Vishalev, he's he he has everything is comfortable for him and relaxed. Atinav Malu Chalav, his breasts are filled, that's just an odd parable, with milk, and his bones are filled with liquid. In other words, somebody's having a great life. And the meantime, Vizayamut Benefish Mora, some people die with a very bitter life. never enjoyed life. And the two of them end up lying in the same dirt. And the worms cover both of them. In other words, death comes to all. And whether somebody is bad in his life or good in his life, he ends up dying. And if after he dies, his children suffer, which is what you described as being the punishment of the Rishayim, he doesn't feel it. What kind of punishment is that? And how often, summing up, does Eov says, does the... Does the Rasha actually experience the, the wickedness and the pain in his life? And by the way, it goes further. So that, those Tempsukim then described what, um, 
what uh, stories that we hear about Rishayim, once in a while you hear this. But typically that's not what you hear about them. And if you're going to tell me that later in, in their generations they're suffering, how does that bother them? And then he continues on. Another introduction. I know what you're thinking about me. I know that you're plotting against me. You're going to turn around and say, let's see where this rich guy's house is. Where are the, 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 um, the dwelling places of the wicked that are so successful according to you? Have you asked people who pass around? You're going to ignore what they have to tell you? People walking around in the world will tell you, yes, there's a great mansion there, a great house there that for three generations has been in the family of this guy who was, we all know was a Rasha. On a terrible day, he is the one who spared from the evil. When evil and and pain and, and anger comes, he's spared. And who's going to say to this Rasha, uh, about his way. Who's going to re- rebuke him? And who's going to pay him back for what he's done? Who, obviously, God's not doing it. That's the way Yov's describing. He, in the end, will be brought to the grave. And the image here is that there's going to be somebody standing over his grave, over the tombstone, which is built over him, the Gadish, the pile over his grave, is going to be standing there at all times. In other words, this man's going to die a hero, and somebody who, is at, who has the adulation of many, and over his grave will be people standing. Even the clods of dirt are sweet for him, where he's buried. And many people will be drawn after him. They're going to try to emulate him, because look what kind of great life he had. And look what kind of great death and burial he has. And, and so many people that you can't count. So how are you comforting me with your vanity? And your answers continue to be a rebellion, a rebellion against truth, against reality. Yehov says, just look around you and you can see what the reality is of Rishayim. And this again is the point of disagreement, of challenge, of, of, of dispute between them about the, the fate of the Rishayim in this world, and Eov's claim that God is unjust. We'll pick it up with Parakhaf Bet as we begin the third and final round of the dialogues in the next podcast.